Hey there, and happy Thanksgiving. In today's episode of the Liberty Update, we are diving into the U.S.-China summit that took place this week in California. We will also fill you in on a U.S. representative who is warning of a possible financial collapse with our $53,000 per second borrowing. Next, we'll go over a political piece that blasted Mike Johnson. And finally, we will fill you in on Biden's controversial digital equity plan that the FCC adopted just this week. Lots to cover. We appreciate your support. Let's hop right into it. This week, President Joe Biden met with President Xi Jinping of China after months of deteriorating relations between the two superpowers at a summit in San Francisco where their objective was, if not stated quite so bluntly, simply to avert the escalation of tension into open conflict. Planet Earth is big enough for both of us to succeed, she assured Biden, but behind the niceties looked a far more sinister reality, a tale of two embittered countries vying for the top place on the global food chain. We've got extensive coverage on this story on the Convention of States blog, where we unpack seven facts that you need to know about this week's summit. We'll cover a few here, but make sure to go to the blog to get the full story. First, the meeting had to be perfect, and I mean perfect. The U.S. was under immense pressure to ensure that every detail of Xi's trip, from where he would sit to the view outside his window was up to the Chinese government's exacting standards. Even the flowers at the venue did not escape careful scrutiny. Chinese officials have sought to ensure each element of Xi's visit to California conveys the highest levels of respect, down to efforts to prevent or at least obscure protests of the communist leader, CNN reported. Heading into this meeting on Wednesday, U.S.-Chinese relations were rapidly worsening. Of course, our relationship with the Chinese Communist Party has never been particularly great, but between this year's spy balloon incident, mounting tension over Taiwan, and China's growing interest in globalization, things have never been quite this bad. As far as Xi is concerned, China is poised for international dominance, but the U.S.-led world order stands in the way. Even as Beijing ramps up pressure on the small independent island country of Taiwan, Washington's counter-containment efforts, which include arming Taiwan and providing nuclear submarines to Australia through AUKUS, the US-UK-Australian Security Alliance, between these efforts, China is on edge. Beyond doubt, our country's growing strength is the most important factor driving a profound readjustment of the international order. She told military leaders after visiting America in 2015, some Western countries absolutely never want to see a socialist China grow strong under the leadership of the Chinese Communist Party. These words provide tremendous insight into the Chinese government's perspective. They are aiming for a readjustment of the international order, and anyone who stands in the way of a communist country leading that new order is, from his perspective, from Xi Jinping's perspective, standing in the way and a threat. While Americans remain hopeful that Wednesday's summit may help de-escalate conflict, polling indicates a flagging faith in Biden's ability to contain China. Americans are rightly concerned about China's aggressive actions towards the U.S. and want to see leadership from President Biden, 
said Mark Meckler, president of Convention of States earlier this year. We must have a president that puts our nation's safety and best interests first. Remember, there's a ton more about this important story on the conventionofstates.com blog. So go there and learn all about what happened at this week's China-U.S. summit. The dire possibility of a financial collapse necessitates bold action, like calling for an Article 5 convention, South Carolina Representative Ralph Norman proclaimed on Wednesday. In a new article, Norman points out a staggering statistic that every citizen should pause and think about. $53,000 is added to the national debt every second. This eye-watering figure, totaling nearly $1.7 trillion over the last fiscal year, spotlights an unsustainable fiscal path that demands immediate action. The total national debt, now totaling around $34 trillion, is a flashing red signal that can no longer be ignored. The U.S. government's credit outlook was recently downgraded to negative, and that further emphasizes the urgency of addressing the growing debt crisis. Representative Norman acknowledges that there is a political gridlock and we are unlikely to get the fiscal reform needed from Congress. He proposes Convention of States as a last resort effort to force through a balanced budget. He argues that the gravity of this situation demands unconventional solutions. The call for a convention of states is a plea for united efforts to address the root cause of the nation's financial instability. And Norman's argument hinges on the belief that without external pressure from we the people and the states coming together for an Article 5 convention, Congress will likely continue to sidestep the crucial task of reducing spending and truly balancing the budget. He concluded, quote, if there's one thing that's clear to me after serving in Washington for a few years, it's that Congress is not going to do this on their own. We must be forced. That's why a convention of states to start pushing through a balanced budget amendment may be our only hope. Over the past two weeks, the media has decided that they really, really do not like Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, and they've hit him over pretty much everything from believing in prayer to using a porn accountability app with his family to disliking divorce and enjoying a successful marriage. I mean, as the Vanity Fair said, quotes, we've managed to learn a tremendous amount about him, most of which could be charitably described as extremely not good. So they really do not like this guy. But of course, to describe everything that he has done as extremely not good would depend on one's perspective. To others, the more dirt the media digs up on him, the more likable Johnson becomes. After all, much of what he believes would have been considered perfectly normal in American society until five minutes ago when some far-off editorial board deemed it all radical. The latest example is the new speaker's longtime support for Convention of States, or as Politico put it, quotes his ties to a far-right movement to gut the Constitution. In this case, the, the translation is that gut the Constitution simply means use the Constitution, but of course, the word guts fits the everything Mike Johnson touches is fascist narrative a lot better. The article goes on to say that, quote, for the last 10 years, the Convention of States movement has sought to remake the Constitution and force a Tea Party vision of the framers' intent upon America. 
This group wants to wholesale rewrite wide swaths of the US Constitution in one fell swoop. I would say stop right there and examine the use of the language in this article. Guts, remake, wholesale rewrites, by which they simply mean amend the Constitution. Where did they get the idea that using Article 5 to procure amendments, which the founders encouraged, by the way, is the same thing as totally trashing the documents? Did the Bill of Rights or Civil War amendments or Women's Suffrage Amendment gut the Constitution? No, of course not. And to call the Founders' constitutionally prescribed safeguard against government overreach extremist is simply the latest left-wing ploy to radicalize Johnson, not to mention the millions of Americans who support Article 5. In the past, we've extensively debunked the media's most egregious claims about COS, including many that appear in Politico's 3,000-word hit piece. So in reality, there's not much new here. What does stand out is that Convention of States has joined the worthy list of so-called radical causes our new extremist speaker supports. And just as with virtually everything else about Mike Johnson that the media calls radical, everyday Americans are fully on board. Last month, President Biden called on the Federal Communications Commission to implement a one-page section of the 2021 Infrastructure Act by adopting a new set of rules of breathtaking scope, all in the name of digital equity. Well, the fate of Biden's digital equity internet plan was revealed this week. FCC officials met and voted three to two to pass this plan that will micromanage nearly every aspect of the internet. They argue the plan is intended to prevent digital discrimination, but critics argue that it constitutes a significant overreach into the private sector and the free market. Well, despite the Biden administration's assertions that the plan is designed to ensure equal access to internet, FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr dissented. He sounded the alarm in his testimony over the, quote, limitless power the plan gives the FCC over internet companies. He said, quote, the Biden administration's entire approach to the internet can be boiled down to one single word, control. But the Biden administration is taking away all the wrong lessons from its failed policies. Rather than righting the ship, the Biden administration is going hard left. It's now blaming the private sector and free market capitalism itself for the administration's own policy shortfalls. The now passed rule provides the FCC with unprecedented authority to regulate various aspects of internet service providers, including network infrastructure, speeds, pricing, and customer service. Carr highlights the broad and vague language used in the order, leaving little room for compliance. Days before the vote, Senator Ted Cruz led 27 of his colleagues in calling on the FCC to rescind its draft order. Cruz said Democrats are plowing ahead with government-mandated affirmative action and race-based pricing for broadband. He called the equity plan Orwellian and said the plan only benefits overzealous government regulators who want to control the internet. The plan is set to go into effect 60 days after publication in the Federal Register. Overzealous government bureaucrats must be checked. 
excessive regulations can be resolved, and it all starts with Article 5, where the states can propose constitutional amendments that restrict the government and instead empower we the people. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Liberty Update. Just wanted to give you a reminder that next week we won't have a new show. We'll be celebrating Thanksgiving with our family and friends and hope you can do the same. Thank you guys so much for your support of this show and your support of Convention of States. We are extremely grateful for you. God bless you guys and enjoy a blessed Thanksgiving.